We tend to remember what we memorialize and forget the parts left out. In the Old Testament, God frequently told his people to remember and established memorials to help them remember. In most cases, the thing they were instructed to remember was God's miraculous works performed on their behalf. It doesn't seem like it would be hard to remember or easy to forget. Things like the ten plagues in Egypt and then the parting of the Red Sea so that all the Hebrew children walked across on dry ground. And when they were safe on the other side and Pharaoh's army was chasing them, the waters came back together and drowned all the Egyptians. That doesn't seem easy to forget. How about a pillar of fire at, in the nighttime and the cloud by day? Or the provision of manna from heaven to feed an entire nation day and night for 40 years? Or water miraculously spewing out of a previously dry rock? How about the Jordan River stacking up on itself upstream so that the entire Hebrew nation could cross on dry ground? That's one place in the scripture where the actual word memorial is found. Joshua had the 12 tribes bring 12 stones out from the riverbed and build a memorial stacked up on themselves so that generations in the future could remember how God had brought them safely across. And who could forget what happened at Jericho? The mighty walls of that great city came crashing down by the power of God and God alone. God wanted his people to remember. And yet, they quickly forgot. So why do we forget things? Psychologists um, give a lot of attention to this, apparently. So here are some potential causes from a website, verywellmind.com. One, a retrieval failure slash decay theory. This suggests that if you haven't purposely brought specific facts to mind over time, the trace of the memory begins to decay. It would be like me trying to take a calculus test right now. I passed calculus tests when I was in high school. I would not today, all right? I have not retrieved those facts, that signal, that electronic signal of that memory of how to do that has faded for me. Don't be discouraged, kids. You, it's good for you. You need it. I just turned out not needing it so bad right now. Secondly, interference. Where memories interfere with each other, either proactive, where an old memory makes it harder to remember a new memory. That's where somebody's, they're called hardwired, all right? Or retroactive, where new information makes it more difficult to recall an old memory. 
And it's a little hard to see in this background, but somebody's holding up a photograph of what a street used to look like in front of the current street. And I, I realized that just right here in Vienna, as you drive up and down the streets and the landscape keeps changing, and then you try to force yourself to remember what used to be there, what did it look like? 10 years ago, it's hard, and those memories interfere with each other and um, are, don't coexist very well. A third reason for forgetting is failure to store. Sometimes we just don't retain seemingly unneeded details in our long-term memory. So when it's time to retrieve them, they're not there for us to retrieve. So those of you that need to doodle for a few minutes while we finish this up, Here's, a, here's an assignment for you. Try to sketch a penny, but don't look at one. Just try to sketch one and draw it and with as many details as you can remember and see how you do with that. The research has shown we don't do very well with it. The main thing you need to remember about a penny is its size and its color, and, that it caught, and that'll get you one cent's worth of something. Wherever you can do that, God bless you, okay? But um, we don't need to know every little thing that's written on it, so our brain usually just doesn't retain those details. Fourth reason, motivated forgetting. And that's where we choose to not think about, rehearse, and keep a memory of a painful or traumatic event. We Psychologists study this in called suppression and repression, and there's not agreement among them on how our brains, whether our brains effectively do this. But there are ways where we try to not remember things because they're painful. So in the Old Testament, they built memorials from stones. In the New Testament, we're given a main memorial, and that is the Eucharist the Lord's Supper, when we join together to remember Jesus, he specifically said, do this in remembrance of me. And that is our main memorial that we're given in the New Testament. We remember his sacrifice, his death, burial, resurrection, and that he is coming again. We need to remember Biblically, the call to remember, though, is broader than simply recalling something from the past. It includes resultant action as well. We are called to recall in a way that affects our present feeling, thought, and action. Simply remembering Christ's sacrifice as an historic event is not sufficient. We must remember and be transformed and live accordingly. And I think at a gut level, we all understand that. It's not enough just to remember if we disregard. So, so if, you, if you are remembering um, a fallen hero or if you're remembering your grandmother and yet disregard everything she ever taught you, that's not, that's not true, allowing that memory to affect who you are 
in your present, in your thoughts, feelings, and actions. Biblical remembrance affects our now. It's not just what happened then. It comes into and guides us now. So Memorial Day is an American holiday established following the Civil War. More people died in the Civil War than any other American conflict. Several different locations around the country in both the North and South are cited as the place where Memorial Day began. I think President Johnson in the 60s finally made a formal declaration that it was Waterloo, New York. <laughs> I think that's what Wikipedia says. Um, but several places around the country have their own little claim. It was intended as a day to remember those who died during the war. And it was first called Decoration Day because the graves of soldiers both Union and Confederate, often in the same cemetery, were decorated with flowers. When World War I broke out, the holiday was expanded to honor all war dead. I learned this week, or if I knew it before, I forgot, <laughs> that several southern states, including Virginia, have a separate Confederate Memorial Day. This messed up the narrative for me because I had concluded that by honoring the dead from the Civil War, it was an acknowledgement of the war's end and a way to try to heal the wounds. However, Apparently, there was a sense from some that the National Memorial Day was insufficient and a separate Confederate Memorial Day was needed. I want to say straight up, be careful what you memorialize. What you memorialize is what you will remember, and the facts you leave out tend to be forgotten. We sometimes build a stone pile in our heart of hurts that someone caused us. We have our own privately funded Memorial Day parade, letting the memories pass by in our mind's eye, hardening and building a wall between us and forgiveness. This is not the kind of memorial that Jesus wants you to have. Jesus said, let him who is without sin cast the first stone. If you've built a memorial to hate in your heart, I encourage you today to break it down. The Christian's call is to take up your cross and bear it daily. This is how we follow Jesus. So let's look again from the verses that we read in Romans 5. Everything we really want is listed here. And here's the deal. Jesus fought the greatest war in the universe and won. And he did it in order to win these things for us. 
So first, what do we all want? Peace. Verse 1, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Next, undeserved privilege or grace. In verse 2, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. Next, confident joy. Continuing in verse 2, it says, We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Next, endurance, character, and hope. In verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. Jesus fought for this for us and gave it to us. Next, love. Verse 5 says, for we know how dearly God loves us because... As we talked about on Pentecost Sunday, he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. If your heart gets filled up with love, guess what? It doesn't leave room for the junk. Righteousness, verse 9. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ... He will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Thank you, Jesus. I need to know that. My righteousness has fallen short very recently. But he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. And relationship. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. In other places in the scripture, it talks about that we were his enemies, but through the cross, he's put to death that enemy status, and we have been made friends of God. So I want to conclude with the middle part of our text in Romans. Starting at verse 6, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die. For a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. When we celebrate Memorial Day, we are honoring those who did, in fact, lay down their lives for their country, for their beliefs, for our freedom. And as the video said, that includes our freedom to be here today worshiping or to be doing any other thing you had might have decided to do today. 
But I'm thankful to be in a place where we don't have to be sketchy about showing up for worship. But the ultimate freedom that Christ died for is being in right relationship with God. So I want to encourage us to remember, to remember all that he has done and don't build memorials to things that he died to save you from. Let's pray. God, you are the maker of heaven and earth, and you are our creator. You made us in your image, and you know us through and through, including our feeble reality that we tend to forget. Help us to have the right kind of memorials, to celebrate the victories that you have provided to honor you and glorify you according to your works. And if we have stacked up stones in our hearts to something that we should not, would you help us to break those down? Would you help us to let you reign supreme and no tradition of man, no resentment, no superiority, no issue of pride come above you. Help us to take up our cross and lay down our stones and to follow you. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen.